Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church. Thanks for tuning in to listen to one of our sermons. We hope that this sermon encourages you, inspires you, and compels you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. If you would like to learn more about Grace Bible Church, contact us or partner with us financially, you can connect with us at www.gbc.life. Welcome to our church family. We hope that you enjoy the message. Hey, good morning. If you're new to Grace Bible, my name's Dustin. I'm one of the pastors here, and this is my wife, Ansley. And as you can tell, we just got back from Africa, and it was a historic event. It was not only Zambian history taking place, but it was African history taking place. And as far as we can tell, it was gospel history taking place. And we want to tell you guys a little bit more about that as we weave that into the end of our study of the book of Mark when Jesus calls us to go and make disciples. But you guys... You guys get extra special little extra something something this morning because this is the only service that Ansley's going to be able to share with me. Um, so you guys get the little special treatment. Ansley actually started a new job as the principal at Lakeview Christian School in Lake Placid last week on top of coming back from Africa. Uh, she is going to sprint out of here this morning after this service because we're hosting a baby shower for Etienne, the goofball that was just up here on stage. He and his wife are expecting their first baby in December, and Ansley and, and the pastor's wives are hosting a baby shower at our house today. Um, and there's a women's event tomorrow night, ladies, a uh, women's event just for you right here in this room, and Ansley participates in the leadership of that as well, so there's no way we're going to be able to have her here all weekend, but I wanted to at least have her here while we had the chance, so at least you guys could get a chance to hear from her, and the other services are just going to have to hear from me. God bless them. And we're excited to share this morning. We have so many things to tell you about our time in Africa. We're not obviously going to be able to paint the whole picture today. I think we do plan to do a season two podcast. Yeah, with Grace our, our Grace Off the Stage podcast, I think Pastor Cam's gonna interview us as a part of season two and we'll tell some more of the stories during that conversation. So, so we're, we're yeah. really looking forward to that. We wanna share some things um, that are happening in Africa because of this King of Kings conference. Um, our family also wants to celebrate. We heard yesterday we have a six-year-old niece and. She accepted Jesus yesterday, so we are just praising the Lord. Um, so we have great things to share about Africa, but there's really great things happening right here, right here. and amongst the people um, in the states and all around us. So let's dive right in and tell you a little bit about our time in Africa. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we maybe so I, I was having a conversation with Jake early this morning. They're trying to get a recap video put together. One of the things that the other services might get to see that y'all won't see is the Overland version because they had the cameras right up in the mix and we were just shooting stuff on our phones. And um, so we're, we're still waiting on that to come through from Zambia. It takes a little while to upload stuff from the bush, just in case you were wondering. Um, so we, we won't be able to watch that this service. So I want to at least throw those interview videos that we had on our phones up there for you to see and catch a glimpse. But let us take you behind the scenes. Those of you that watched online or those of you that have watched our recap videos that Pat put together for us, let us just give you a glimpse of what was happening behind the scenes, and then we'll kind of vision cast for the big picture of what was going on. So here, here's some of the pictures, and let's just start where we first started. We got there a few days earlier, so we could, not that one. Uh, let's go back to the, fir the very first one, not the one before that, and the long stretch where a bunch of people are sitting at the table, Cam. Um, you got that one? Anyways, while he's looking for that, um, we got there a few days early because we knew we, we were going to need to recover from jet lag. There's no quick way to get to Africa, just so you know. 
Um, it, it took us a little over 30 hours of travel, probably 40 hours total from doorstep to doorstep. Um, and by the time we got there, we were exhausted. So we went a few days early so we could just rest and recoup. That way we could, you know, have a good attitude because we were going to be exhausted. And, uh, and some of y'all know the story that our luggage didn't show up, which was okay for the first couple of days. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then once we uh, started getting into the more formal events like this, this was, a, this was a private dinner that we got to have before the King of Kings event even started, before the nations arrived. I, I was surprised but grateful, but Jake and his team invited Ansley and I to have this dinner with these national leaders. Let me just, it'll be hard for you to see who I'm pointing at, but let me just tell you who all's at the table for this dinner that we had on that particular night. Uh, there, there's Jesse right here, which, who you've met and you'll see again in January or February when they get here. But on this side of the screen, on the left, if you're watching online, uh, these two ladies closest to us, the one that's a little blurry from the picture, these are the two princesses of Madagascar that were at this table. Now, just to their left is the princess of the Congo, then the queen of the Congo, then that's King Mfumu, which I've mentioned before. He is the highest king of Congo. He's kind of the king of all kings, if you will, because the, 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 the traditional royal leadership of all the continent, continent of Africa, they have their own union, if you will. It's called FATA. It's the, the traditional leaders association, and he's the, the president of all of that. So there's the king of Congo. Just to the left of him, of those of you that followed, you saw a guy with long eagle feathers, and you're like, does he live in Africa? Because he doesn't look real African to me. No, he actually lives in Canada, but that's uh, the grand chief of the Cree Indians was at dinner that night, and he is uh, just an incredible man who loves the Lord. And then, of course, uh, Ansley and I are way down at the end of the table sitting next to the ambassador of Congo. Uh, the, the, the next general of the Zambian army is sitting at the table. Uh, I'm sorry, the Zambian Air Force. These three guys in the middle are some really influential Zambian chiefs. Um, that were a part of this event, and then uh, Phil and Sharon, who are the CEOs of Overland, and then Jesse right here. But this was just an incredible dinner where we were getting to just, just enjoy being together with some of the leaders of this event. And then the next picture, Cam, that you had up. What's good to know is right here in the red. So this king who Dustin is telling you of the Congo, who does have some of the greatest influence, he was the key factor with Jake and Jesse and Phil's relationship to getting all of the kings and queens um, we had 60 kings from 35 different countries all throughout Africa. So almost the whole continent of Africa was represented That's at crazy. this event. And it was his influence of picking up the phone and calling them where Jake and Jesse didn't have a relationship yet. And the really neat part is this man is not a believer. Not even close. And was almost mocking Christianity while we were there. But he's so convinced by something he doesn't know yet that it is the Spirit of the Lord and the Holy Spirit working in and through him that he was interested enough to say, okay, I want to know what it's about. Let's gather the people and see how it goes. Yeah. So just to give you a little insight of where he's at. Um, and while he was kind of stiff-arming the gospel and everything, I showed you at the, the longer table uh, his wife and his daughter. Uh, his daughter, the princess, during one of the worship services, I saw her with her phone out recording the whole thing. So mm -hmm. she's taking the gospel back home. Mm -hmm. So I hopefully she'll be blaring it on the loudspeakers at her house so daddy can hear it. Old knucklehead and Fumu himself. <laughs> um, yes, uh, switch on over. to. So this is Jake just kind of strategizing. One of the challenges that they face is when you have royalty coming in from all over the continent. is like who gets to sit where when you have an event because certain guys can't sit closer than certain guys. 
um, to the stage, to the speakers. They're in places of honor. It was very difficult. Overland went through an extraordinary amount of logistics just to be able to honor them well so that it would open the door for gospel opportunities. I remember, you know, Ansley and I were a bit hesitant about even going on the trip because we didn't want to be in the way. And we didn't want our team members in Africa to be worried about us. Like, oh, we haven't had a chance to hang out with Dustin and Ansley. We're like, no, don't even worry about us. You don't have to say hi. Like, if we come, we're just coming to serve, and that's it. And that, our, our concern about going turned into when the ceiling blew off of this thing and all this royalty from around the continent was coming. Jake said, no, we, we want you guys to be there, and we want you to rent a vehicle and chauffeur for the week so that you can take care of several of the kings. Um, so now we had a purpose. We were like, okay, well, we're going to go. And that turned into us starting our morning at about 6 a.m. running, and then it's 1 a.m. the next morning. So before we get to that, though, oh, okay. so at the end of this dinner, um, Dustin got to be privy to a conversation that was happening where they were oh. asking. <laughs> so a lot of these kings and queens, they do um, very much practice witchcraft, and they have ancient traditions that they are bowing down to instead of, Jesus. And so they're asking, um, do you want to tell a little bit about that? Oh, I love telling stories. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, the, the, the most of them are true. The, the queen, yeah, most, <laughs> they're all true-ish, you know. Uh, the, one, the, one of the queens that was there, I think she is seen around the continent as kind of like the, the, the most powerful of all the mediums. Um, she, she is one, even King Mfumu kept acknowledging her authority to be able to conjure the dead. And she kept saying, he kept saying stuff about that, kind of in contrast to Jesus being the King of Kings as he was mocking Jesus. And um, when we were at this dinner this night, not, not too long before Jake is having this uh, small group gathering with these guys, Jake's phone rings, and it was one of the... One of the uh, ambassadors on behalf of one of the uh, witchcraft countries, so one of the Wiccan countries. And some of the leaders that were coming who practiced witchcraft called Jake and said, hey, I know that this is going to be a worship service. Um, Do you mind if we bring our articles of worship to the worship service? And Jake said, bring every single one of them. And so I was like, whoo, man, I can't wait to see what's going on. I was waiting for one of them to just go up and smoke right in the middle of the worship service, you know. Because what is so beautiful is that, so one of the prayers that we heard Jake pray several times was to give us a holy boldness to walk in the things of the Lord. And that's what their team is doing. And so he was almost grinning when he was telling them, oh, yeah, bring all that witchcraft stuff. Because the God that lives within me is way bigger than anything that you're going to bring to this conference. And that was what we were hearing and seeing over and over and over again. And what these kings and queens, some of them for the very first time, were hearing and seeing as well about the Lord and, and about never, the gospel. I never saw, did you ever, I never saw once anybody pull out any of their articles of witchcraft or do anything weird in the worship service. So we, I felt like so they were we really engaged. That, um, the night that the gospel was being presented, uh, one of the kings was doing some weird witchcraft thing, not weird, different, um, with water, like at the doors, like we're going to not invite the Holy Spirit in, but they don't know that he lives and breathes in and through us. So That's right. that was really the only thing I Oh, I didn't about. realize that. That's yeah. crazy. Well, it didn't work, apparently. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hope sorry, noticed. keep going. I know we don't have much time. So yeah, I hope rolling. you noticed. Uh, let's, what, what's the next picture you have in the reel there, Cam? Okay, so this is, uh, so when we finally, when the royalty arrived, it was quite an ordeal. And that'll be part of the video is you'll get to see when it finally gets done, you'll get to see the, the, the royalty coming off the planes. It was unreal. But these were the three kings that we were assigned to. And the guy closest to me is a king in South Africa. The fella in the middle, some of y'all saw a video of him. That's King Buki. He's one of the kings of Congo as well. Uh, And then the guy to the right of him, those of you that watch movies, this is the chief of the Zulu tribe. 
And um, Zulus are some roughnecks, but these were the nicest, gentlest, most humble guys. I asked him if I could have his like lion claw necklace, but he wouldn't give it to me. Um, but anyways, this was, these were the guys that we were uh, caring for. Flip over to the next picture there, Cam. And this, is, this was my job for the week. Uh, was just serve them, uh, kind of be their chauffeur and bellhop. We're kind of trying to get everybody loaded up, and we've got uh, yeah, 60 kings and queens. We're trying to get their luggage, and you can see the, the Overland Calvary in the back. We're loading up all these vehicles, a police escort to head back. It was neat flying through the city with a police escort, watching the whole city of Zambia just stop dead in its tracks as like a never-before-seen you know, entourage of kings and queens was rolling through their city. It was pretty remarkable. And I'm scared to death because little did I know they put the steering wheel on the wrong side of the car over there, and then they make you drive on the wrong side of the road. And don't forget that your blinker is not over here. That's your windshield wipers. And so I kept trying to turn and flipping on the windshield wipers. Anyway, go on to the next slide. You'll notice uh, that I came to the airport with Ansley but left without Ansley because I had these guys in the vehicle. And so she was stuck at the Zambian airport a little bit for a little while. And so what they did is um, all of the kings would be with a male driver, all of the queens or princesses with a female driver. Um, and for some of them, just traditionally speaking, it wouldn't have been appropriate to have um, a different gender in the car with them. So they did talk about a logistical nightmare. Jake and Jesse and the Overland team did a fabulous job like you heard Dustin say, but not only was it getting everyone there, but it was talking to all of the different embassies to make sure that we were being respectful to all of the different traditions that they uphold and the rules that they have. Yeah. Um, so these were the, the three kings that Dustin chauffeured and got to know throughout the week. Yeah, and they're impossible to get anywhere on time, by the way, just in case you were wondering. Uh, let's see the next one. Uh, this was that first morning we were trying to leave the hotel. There's actually a few of the Zulu guys in this picture. You see the guy not wearing a shirt. He's the prince of the Zulu tribe. And um, really cool guy, just really sweet, humble folks, even though they've they're been known for just how rough they can be. They, they weren't at all. They were really sweet and gentle. But they, everybody wouldn't stop taking pictures, so it took us forever to get them out of the hotel. And how do you tell a king, hurry up, we're running late? You know what I'm saying? Because we want to just keep reminding you, too, this <laughs> has never happened before. Yeah. They've never had everyone together like this. So it was special for them as, as much as it was special for us That's to be well a part said. of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this was unprecedented for them. So they were taking pictures and videos and um, flip on over to the next one. There, you guys recognize this guy, some of y'all? Any of you guys recognize him? Who is that? That's Chief that. who? Chepe Chief Chepepo. Yeah. Chief Chepepo came and visited us here um, just a few years ago. Uh, Chief Chepepo is an incredible influencer. What, wasn't it neat to watch him just oh, like yeah. be the, and, and frankly, like in the grand scope of Africa, he's kind of a, he's like a department manager. Mm -hmm. You know, like he, he's a chief of a tribe, but there's senior chiefs and paramount chiefs and princes and queens and kings and emperors. And like he's he's somewhere in like the lower middle management level of things. But yet it's like when he walks in the room, there's just such an honor and respect for Chief Chepepo. Uh, even even when he shows up to these traditional meetings and everybody's in full suits and he walks in wearing a Grace Bible T-shirt, like they just honor and love Chief Chepepo. And uh the president of Zambia was supposed to, did you, did you want to add something to this before I tell this story? The president of Zambia was coming to open this event, which is a huge honor for everybody that the president was coming. And he had, a, you know, suit, black suits for, you know, 20 yards of, of protection and detail. 
But anyways, he was supposed to open the event. Something came up that happens when you're the president of a country. And so we had to postpone him back for a few hours. So he's supposed to be there about 11 o'clock. And then something comes up again. And so now we're pushing back lunch because we can't get all these kings and queens into lunch and then bring them back in. It'll never happen. And if the president only has a small window, we just got to keep them in. So it's 2.30 in the afternoon. The royalty's getting aggravated because they haven't had anything to eat yet. And the president calls and says, I'm not going to be able to make it at all. Chief Chipepo pulls out his phone and calls the president of Zambia. And he says, that, he says, if you don't come to this event today, that'll be the worst mistake that you've ever made. You're going to lose so much influence with all these traditional leaders around the country. Within an hour, the president of Zambia shows up and he hung out for the next three hours <laughs> because Chief Chipepo called him. Like, He's, he's kind of on the lower rung of leadership in Africa, but I'm telling you, he just wields a supernatural authority with him. Some of the kings even referred to him as King Chipepo mm -hmm. several times, I think by accident. But he's really, he's a, he's a chief of the Chipepo tribe. And Ansley and I actually got to visit his, um, his tribe. His chiefdom. His chiefdom a few years ago, uh, way out in the middle of the bush. And so it's also good to remember, so not only did we have kings and queens, but we had over 250 chiefs and then hundreds of chaplains. Um, we don't have time to go into that today, but the chaplaincy yeah. program that Jake and Jesse and their team have set up is absolutely remarkable. Um, and then just lots of other locals who are a part of the event too. So there are about 2,500 people that came to the yeah, King of Kings conference. Pretty remarkable. And Chief Chipepo is just a primary influencer over all of them. So I'm sure you guys will get to meet him again in person one day. He and Jake are very close friends and he loves Grace Bible. We brought him a new dress shirt with the GBC logo on it so he could stop showing up to formal events wearing t-shirts. You know, we thought it was probably a good idea. Well, so let's see the next one, Ken. Do uh, you guys remember her? <laughs> This was one of the nights before dinner. We got to run into Lauren. I hope that y'all caught Ansley's interview with Lauren. I think they posted it yesterday. So if you are new to Grace, though, Lauren Hill is our first Grace Bible Church sent missionary. So she served on staff for about five years with our preschool ministry. And um, over a year ago, we got to send her as our first foreign missionary. So we're so proud of the work that she's doing. And we're oh. so proud of our church for knowing that that's important. And we don't, we don't want to just keep people right here in our bubble, but we want to send them to go out that's to the it. nations. What is it? Pastor Cam says it all the time. And so I've picked it up is the, the, the measure of the quality of a Christ-centered, gospel-centered church is not in its seating capacity, it's in its sending capacity. So we constantly want to be raising up people, not to just go to the nations, but to go to the neighborhoods mm -hmm. right here in this community and make disciples of their own neighbors everywhere they live, work, learn, and play. And so, But it's cool to travel halfway around the world and run into Grace Bible at dinner and get to celebrate with her and the work she's doing. She's in one of the most remote bases that Overland has in the world. Uh, as we've mentioned before, I mean, it's a 12-hour round trip on, 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 in her vehicle just for her to get to the nearest convenience store to get eggs and milk. She is way out in the middle of the bush. And so it's cool to get to spend some time with her in town. Flip on over to the next one, Cam. Um, this is Jake and Jesse uh, and their children, uh, Sunda on the left, Kaya in the middle, and Noah. And these are our Overland Mission partners. Um, Jake and Jesse are the primary influencers over all that you see that has been happening in Africa. But they are Overland's international directors. They have about 240 missionaries all over the world in some of the most remote and some of the most dangerous areas in the world. And they're the ones that we are in friendship with and partnership with. You guys will get to meet them if you haven't already this January or February. They'll be back in the States and we'll tell some more stories of the aftermath of King of All Kings. 
Um, they're actually, they left this event, they're actually in Cambodia. So I was talking to Jake this morning at 6 a.m. our time. It was dinner time for him because I was trying to get that video uh, from them, and they're still working on getting it finalized all the way back in Africa. And so they're in Cambodia, so be praying for their family right now. And then they head up back to the States here in just a few weeks. Um, what's the next one we got, Cam? Man, soak that up for a second. So this, this is probably, this picture represents probably one of the most impactful moments um, of my time while we were there. So we were worshiping on the last night, and all of the kings and queens are very much adorned and dressed beautifully like this, with their staffs and their crowns and their jewels. And one of the songs that we kept singing over and over again, uh, I wasn't familiar with this song, so sometimes when you don't know the song, you're kind of doing your own worship and, and praying to yourself and looking around, and I'm soaking in what's happening around me. And they kept singing, take your place, we surrender. And to see earthly kings and queens with hands lifted high saying, take your place, we surrender. Because we know that you are the king of all kings. And Grace Bible, I think that's a message for me and for you as well. Because if that's not the anthem that you are singing at the rooftops right now to Lord, take your place, I surrender. And whatever that looks like in your life, it needs to be today. Because that was, that was their prayer. And we're going to get to share with you a little bit about just some of the remarkable things really quickly as we wrap up. 60 kings and queens, 35 different countries. And what did you hear from Jake this morning? Yeah, I was, I, when I talked to Jake this morning, one of the, uh, you heard a little bit on the video uh, when we interviewed them that formal night when Jake said that the king of Ethiopia, uh, not Ethiopia, Egypt had come and spoke with him privately. Um, there are still many countries in Africa that are uh, Islam or um, steeped in witchcraft and not all of the, as much as we had prayed and hoped to see all these kings and queens like bow their knee before the king of all kings at this event, they're, they're obviously a, a proud people and they, and they are, they represent millions of other people and we did see them worshiping but like not all of them just turned to Jesus as Lord and Savior. Right. But I learned from Jake this morning, 6 o'clock this morning, he sent me a message. He says, every single country except for Niger, every single one of them has contacted them privately and said, we want you to bring your gospel to our people. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like, I mean, the doors of Africa have been flung open. And it was just because some folks were willing to, like, love them well. Some of these nations have been historically closed to nations. You heard Jesse mention that in the video prior to us even going. Now, just because it's a closed nation doesn't mean that there's not missionaries there who have been, who have been just faithfully depositing the gospel life on life for decades. But closed nations mean you're definitely not throwing a Christian crusade, and they definitely ain't handing you a microphone at their ancestral events and all of their traditional things. But when the king of Egypt and the king of Somalia and some of these like historically closed nations are coming up to Overland now privately and saying, I want you to bring your gospel to my people, and they're going to hand the microphone to them in front of t tens of thousands of their people to share the gospel, like the doors of Africa have just been flung wide open for the glory of God. They know it happened, gospel around the table. Like, the preaching was awesome and the music was awesome, but that, that's not what hooked them. It was the gospel around the table, night after night, having meals together, learning names, riding around in the car together, dropping them off at the mall, 
getting to spend time together, bringing them a bottle of water in the middle of the night, praying over them for things that are happening in their country, feeling the pain as some of their countries are at war or even civil war, and just being together. And now some of the most dangerous places in the world, some of the most hostile places to the gospel are now inviting the gospel to come. And it's all been because of what God has done through this event and through Overland Missions. And it's remarkable. So be praying for that. I'm going to tell you another story at the end of a little sermon piece that I want to do. But we thank Ansley for joining me for y'all. That, that really kind of brings me to how we're going to round out the book of Mark today. And I said I want to end Mark in Matthew because Jesus says essentially the same things. But in Matthew... As Matthew records what Jesus was saying, some of the details I want to make sure that we notice. So Matthew chapter 28, uh, Pastor Steve Trinkle did a beautiful job last week talking to us about who we are as a result of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I love when he, he called and he said, hey, instead of telling the story of the death and resurrection of Jesus, because we hit that a lot, and I know not everybody's heard it, but the church body at large, we hit that a lot. We hit it every Easter, and we as a new covenant church, we speak of the death and resurrection of Jesus constantly. Steve said, you know what, I'm feeling led to just remind people who they are as a result of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Our new kingdom identity, like Pastor Cam said. That, that, that we have been forgiven, that we have been made holy, that we have been made righteous, not because of who we are, but because of who he is and what he's done. And he invited us into this everlasting covenant with him. Our righteousness is like filthy rags on our best day, but the righteousness of Christ is enough for you and you and you and, yes, even me. To whosoever would believe in him, they would not perish but have everlasting life. Pastor Steve did a beautiful job of reminding us of that kingdom identity. If you missed that, check that out on our podcast or our YouTube channel or Facebook. But after Jesus completed this work of his death, burial, and resurrection, when he took back the keys to death itself, when he conquered sin, death, the grave, and Satan himself through his death and resurrection, and he took back the keys of death and everything that stood against us, Jesus left us with these famous final words that I wanted to speak to in light of what we've been talking about when it comes to what he's doing in the nations. By the way, let me remind you, he's not just doing it in the nations. My six-year-old niece just gave her life to Christ this past week. Amina. Look, the Spirit of God is transforming lives in Africa and is transforming lives in your neighborhood. Don't miss out on it. The call of God on your life is to walk in accordance to his word, faithfulness to his scriptures, and to allow his life to be lived through you. He is the power. He is the authority. He is the one that's going to accomplish it. Your job is just to offer a little yes. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Send me. Use my life, my business, my relationships, my family. And Jesus put it like this in verse 18. Jesus came and he said to them, I want you to know all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Authority over everything that stands against us. Authority over everything that might concern us in the gospel mission. Authority over everything that's messed up in our societies. Authority over everything that we could ever face as gospel missionaries. He says, the Lord has given authority to me in heaven and on earth. It's all been given to me. So I want you to go. Therefore, say go. I want you to go, say go. I want you to go, say go. I want you to go, therefore. And make disciples. Make what? Make disciples of all nations. 
the nation of Africa, the nation of Avon Park, the nation of Babson Park, the nation of Lorita, the nation of Francis Park One, the nation of Lake Placid, the nation of Golf Hammock, the nation of Country Club, the nation of Harder Hall, the nation of Downtown Sebring. I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, everywhere you live, work, learn, and play. And by the way, the word Jesus chose when he said go, he wasn't talking about when you eventually go, when you get the courage to go, when your church finally puts together a trip so you can go. The word that Jesus used right there translates into our language, while you are going, make disciples. While you're at the grocery store, while you're teaching t-ball, while you're taking your kids to soccer practice, when your kids have a sleepover at your house, make disciples. When you're having a dinner around the table at your house with your neighbors, make disciples. When you're standing out in the lobby of a church, make disciples. When you're standing in line waiting for your coffee, make disciples. When you get the same cash register attendant week after week after week, make, what's the word? Disciples. Little microscopic gospel deposits to the glory of God. Because who knows what he might do through just a bunch of little yeses. Listen, every great move of God, and boy, are we seeing one right now. Every great move of God that we've seen throughout history has come on the heels of just a small yes that trickled down, that expanded, that multiplied. Someone saying yes, God has moved nations. And Jesus says, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always. I'm not saying because you are now a Christian, now you have this moral obligation that you need to go tell people about it. But he's saying, because I have come upon you, Jesus told us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when you receive my spirit, my spirit comes upon you, you will receive the power to be my witnesses. You'll have the power to tell the story. I know it's going to be hard, and I know in and of your own strength it gets complicated, especially when you're trying to tell the story to family and people that you love or people that you don't know, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when you accept Christ Jesus as Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit now dwells within you, you have now received the power to be witnesses. He'll do the work, He's the one with the authority. He's the one with the words. He's the one with the influence. He's the one with the power. He's just saying, will you say yes? Who will say yes? Will will you say yes, Grace Bible, to your little circle of the world? Will you say yes, those of you that have now been called to go to the nations? Will you say yes, those of you that have been called to go to your neighbor? Will you just say yes and let the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells richly within you do what he's better at doing than you will ever be? And just let him do his job and just say, yes, I'm going to put myself in the spaces. I'm going to try to create the environments. I'm going to get right where I'm going to ask God that you would use me. And I'm going to keep saying yes over and over again. I'm going to say yes to walk across the lawn. I'm going to say yes to knock on the door. And I'm going to say yes to inviting them to a meal. And I'm going to say yes to praying over that meal. And I'm going to say yes when they tell me about their problems. Then I'm going to try to point them to Jesus. And I'm going to just trust the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say yes a million times. How about that? You know, when Chief Kunkum, Grand Chief Kunkum of the Cree Indians, he came to sp- speak at this event, and obviously a guy with a whole bunch of eagle feathers in the bush of Africa, you recognize he probably wasn't from there. He's from Canada. Um, he leads the Cree Indians, and they are the most wealthy Indian tribe in the world. But it hadn't always been that way. 
And he didn't come to explain how they became so wealthy, even though he told that story. He actually came to explain the transformation that happened in their people. And once they started to live their lives and make their decisions through the lens of the gospel, it changed everything for them. I'm not talking about prosperity gospel nonsense here. I'm talking about faithfully living and just doing things God's way. Over 60% of their people still live off the land. But yet they're the wealthiest Indian tribe in the world because they decided to submit themselves to the Lord and his leadership and the way he wanted them to do business. They, they own airlines. They own cell phone companies. They're, they're in the energy business. They have a really clean and healthy approach to economics. And because of his leadership, now they have a gospel approach. It wasn't always that way, though. Grand Chief Kunkum, when he stood on the stage and preached the gospel to these Kings and queens, one night he told the story of how the gospel made it to his tribe. There was a little old lady, she was a widow, in fact, recently widowed. She lived in Arizona, and after she had lost her husband, she felt like God really wanted to use her life. And so she just began to pray and ask the Lord for leadership, and she felt like the Lord was telling her to travel to minister the gospel to the Cree Indians, which is crazy. Imagine what her friends thought and her family thought. Because she lives in Arizona. Now she's about to go way up into the Arctic Circle. And it's not like she can just fly there because you can't. It's not like you can just drive there because you can't. But she drove all the way there and she went as far as you can go by vehicle. And then she had to hire dog mushers to take her for the next two days before she ever found the village. And she just packed her basic items, her basic needs, and she took her little accordion with her. She didn't speak the language. She didn't know anything about the people other than what she had researched. She had no relationships there whatsoever, but she just moved in with the people. She was just trusting the power of the Holy Spirit because, I mean, what do you say? What do you, there's nothing to say. She doesn't have any words. But she was just faithful to love the people, to serve meals with the people, to live life with the people. And she began to learn their language. And Grand Chief Kunkum told stories about being a little boy and just remembering like her just playing that accordion, singing worship songs that none of them knew because none of them speak English. But she would just continue. The joy of the Lord would just resonate through her. And as she began to learn the language and she began to grow in influence with the people, as she continued to minister the gospel to them, it got to the point where people in the village stopped going to see the local witch doctor and actually started coming to her for prayer. And she would pray, and the Lord would heal these people miraculously, and it started to get their attention. And it really concerned the chief of the tribe at the time, so he kicked her out after she had lived there for 15 years. And in 15 years of pouring her life out into these people, she had made five disciples of Jesus Christ. And that was it. She had to leave. But those disciples of Jesus Christ heard the call of Jesus that while you are going, make disciples. While we're hunting and while we're trapping, we're going to make disciples. And five disciples continued to make disciples who continued to make disciples who continued to make disciples. And now the Cree Indians trust Jesus as Lord, not all of them, most of them. And the grand chief of the Cree Indians has traveled all the way across the world to Africa to preach the gospel to the kings and queens of other nations. Get the idea? You don't know what God is going to do through your little yes. All it was was a little yes, 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 I'll go. Yes, I'm going to tell my friends I'm going to go. Yes, I'm going to just go and I'm going to trust the Lord. 
and see what happens. She had no idea. Matter of fact, she probably didn't even live long enough to see what has happened. That her impact from the gospel was actually going to rise to the top and turn a whole nation of people to trust in Jesus as Lord and that the leader of that nation was now going to travel to another nation and preach the gospel to the kings of other nations. Only God can do that. That's God economics right there. There is no strategy effective and sufficient enough to pull off something like like that. The strategy is the power of the Holy Spirit and a million microscopic yeses. Does Jesus have your yes this morning? I'm talking about for the microscopic things. Start small. Does Jesus have your yes in the little things that he's starting to bug you about right now? Does he have your yes already? Who knows what he's going to do through that yes? Your little yes might actually have compounded interest to the point that your little yes becomes the gospel being preached in an unprecedented way to 2,500 people that are the most powerful people in a continent just from your little microscopic yes. Who knows what Jesus is going to do? We trust him. Those of you that believe in Jesus as Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit dwells within you. The authority of God rests upon you. You know what sermon Jake preaches halfway across the world that, that's caused all, the, all this movement, all this gospel movement? You, you know what the sermon is? Trust in Jesus as Lord and the spirit of God's power will come upon you and he will give you authority on the very ground that you will stand and he will use you to reach the people around you and he will change your village and he will change your tribe. Does that sound familiar? That's the same sermon we're preaching here. Week. The, the sermon is the same. Go ye therefore while you are going and make disciples. Trust the power of God to work through you. You don't have to know the language, even of your friend down the street. You don't have to know what to do or how to do it. That little lady had no idea. I'm sure she had, from Arizona, she had never mushed with dogs before. You don't have to know anything. You don't even have to feel comfortable. But will you say yes and allow the Spirit of God to just pour himself out through you and change the world around you? Just say yes to that and see what happens. Just see what happens. Let's pray. Lord, we bow our hearts before you, acknowledging that you are the king of all kings. I pray that King Mfumu bows his heart before you this morning. That you transform his life. That you would use that man to transform many nations in Africa. Father, I pray that you would protect the Overland team as the enemy seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. He has no part with them. I pray that you would stand guard their homes and their families, Lord, that your spirit that dwells richly within them, Lord, would protect them and empower them to do the work that you have called them to do, Father. And I do pray, as we have now for generations sent missionaries into Africa, God, I pray that you would capture the heart of Africa to the glory of God and that they would start sending missionaries to the United States of America, that our hearts might bow before you once again. In Jesus' name we pray.